Good morning, everyone. And welcome to worship here at Kirkgate. Whether you're here with us or whether you're joining us online, please feel very, very welcome. We are still booking seats and taking a note of who's attending the services for the moment. We've not been told otherwise at the moment, and we're continuing to do that until further notice. So please keep Maima in the loop about whether you're coming or you're not able to come. If anyone wishes to donate to Ukraine that hasn't already done so, they can do so by placing their donation in a marked envelope in the offering. If you just put Ukraine on the envelope, we'll ensure that that gets passed on. <clears throat> the quiz night is on on Friday of this week. Tickets cost £6, which includes some half-time savoury snacks and a raffle ticket. And please speak to Phyllis if you would like a ticket and you don't already have one. We're looking forward to running an Alpha course here at Kirkgate on Wednesday evenings at half past six, starting on Wednesday the 23rd of March. All members of the church and members of the community are welcome to join. So if you've never done an Alpha, if you've got questions about our faith or know someone else you think might be interested, come along on Wednesday evenings. The evening will start with a meal together We'll watch a video about different topics of Christianity and chat about what we're learning together. And they're also looking for a few people who would volunteer to help to facilitate these evenings. Please speak to Katie or Nigel if you have any questions about that. The craft team meets on Tuesdays from 1 till 4. The care and share lunch is on on a Friday from half past 12 till 2. And the Kirk session is meeting after the service today so that the church accounts can be approved. The next regular Kirk session meeting is on Thursday the 31st of March at half past seven. I'm sorry to tell you there's more on the other side. The craft team would like to thank everybody who supported coffee and cards yesterday. It was lovely to see so many people despite the weather and the magnificent sum of £271.80 was realised. Thanks to everyone for their generosity and to all those who helped on the day. Margaret Cassidy and her family would like you to know that Benny's funeral will be held in St Mary's Roman Catholic Church on Wednesday the 23rd of March at 10 o'clock. If anyone wishes to come along to the Lauriston thereafter, Margaret would like you to know that you would be made very welcome. So that's Wednesday the 23rd at 10 o'clock in St Mary's. And lastly, I promise this is the last one, we're hoping to have our new carpet in the very near future. Once it is laid, we're intending to start a rota for light cleaning in the sanctuary. I'm talking about hoovering and dusting. If you would be happy to take part in this, please speak to me and I will attempt to make up a rota. Obviously, the more volunteers we have, the less often your turn will come around. So if you feel that you could help with that, please have a word with me. Thank you very much for listening. Good morning. How are we all? Some are, you know, shaking their heads. Uh, those who are here. Unfortunately, for those who are joining us online, I am not able to see how your response uh, look like. But be assured of our prayers. Uh, friends, we hear the notices to pray as well for the life of the church and the different things that are happening. We also share with each other our joys and our sad moments. And I'm sure and I pray that you are all praying for Margaret Cassidy and the family, and also for others who are in hospital, who are sick at home, and many others. But please uh, feel free to share and feel free uh, to, to let us know what is happening in your lives as well. For those who are joining us for the first time, you're welcome and we're delighted to have you. Uh, may the Lord be with you and the Lord make his face to shine upon you all. On this second Sunday in Lent, we gather, we come to remember 
and celebrate the life of Jesus Christ and how he chose to live with us, to live in the world that he has created and to serve the Father. We come as we are. And who are we as we are coming? We are the beloved children of God who are loved by God. And as we worship God this morning, why don't we remember these words from the psalmist? He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I will fear no one. The Lord protects me from all danger. I will never be afraid. We join our voices and I'm sure very soon we will have no masks um, and we'll be able to sing more louder. Uh, I pray and I pray and I continue to pray. We're singing together hymn 550, Lift High the Cross.
Please be seated. I think you, you all sang very well, but it was soft from my end. I encourage you to sing louder. I know you are covered in your masks and so forth, but please feel free to express yourselves. It's important for, I think God is not deaf, but it, 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 it is amazing when we sing and we connect. You know, I, I wish I could say maybe we need a, a, a choir um, because, you know, some of us I could tell that we're not quite sure of the song and so forth, but yeah, we'll get it right. Hopefully the second hymn will be better. Um, <laughs> we draw near to God as Maima is going to lead us in prayer. Let us unite our hearts and minds in prayer. Almighty God, we thank you for the gift of a new day and rejoice in your presence with us this morning. We humbly ask that you quieten our restless minds so that we can be at peace in your presence, concentrating in all that you bring to our lives, to hear your word, to be renewed in your service as you would wish. Heavenly Father, we have so many ways in which we can praise and adore you, but we take delight in worshiping together praising you through the joy of the music, the words of our hymns, in our prayers, and in our times of silence. Lord, you are so very special to us, and as a loving friend, may we never lose that sense of awe in your company, for you alone are worthy of our worship and our adoration. We acknowledge your majesty, might, and power, and can only marvel at the love you have for your wayward people. Our relationship with you is so often one-sided. Our commitment in such contrast to your faithfulness. Yet, you go on blessing us with an inexhaustible generosity for which we are truly thankful. Heavenly Father, you bless us with the constantly changing beauty and the bountifulness of your creation, the flowers and plants that bring colour and shape to our surroundings fields and animals grazing contentedly, and other fields being sown with fruits and vegetables. The seas which surround our islands, providing pleasure for all who enjoy the challenge, but also providing a very valuable food source. Loving Lord, you have ensured that we have sufficient food for our bodies. Bless all those who in this and other lands struggle to have enough food, even for one meal a day, and especially in all war-torn countries. Loving God, your creation is full of light. Shed that light into each heart so that we can radiate your love to all that we come into contact with. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, mighty in all the works you do, and each new day is your gift to us, a new opportunity to love and serve all we come into contact with. For in serving others, Lord, we are serving you. May we do it with eagerness and joy, and with the firm conviction that you will guide our thoughts, our feelings, all our actions, and in so doing, we bring honour to your name. And now let us join together in seeing the great family prayer that you taught to your disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Maima. Today, um, we are going to be looking at the heart of Colossians. And the heart of Colossians could be summed up in few words saying, living in Christ, living in Christ. And I like one of the other commentators who has said, instead of saying living in Christ, he said walking about in Christ. And I think I loved that that image as it was just trying to give an image of saying if this table was Christ, living in Christ is walking about in Christ. Um, 
So I'm going to show you a picture this morning and I, will, I, will, I want to see if you will be able to identify with us. Uh, what do you see on the picture? Yes, D? Mm, you think it's a duck? <laughs> All right. Getting warmth, warmth from the mom. All right, that's D for you. Oh, you changed your mind. Chicks? Oh, what, do you, what did you say, Dylan? I got that. Um, others, what do you see? Can you see the picture? What do you see, Lila? Oh, not quite. All right, can you? All right, what, does, what, does, what do you see as adults? Perhaps mother hen and chicks yes mother hen and chicks and i think d you said something you said what what can you repeat what you said they are cuddling together all right he wants to even count how many are they all right so they are cuddling together close to the mother hen to get warmth what do you think is happening there um, in that picture? I will point. Feeding. There? Feeding. feeding. Okay. All right. Oh, it could be feeding. They are? Getting ready to sleep. Protecting them. All right. Yes, Jin, up there. All right, mother hen is protecting her, her chicks. All right. So indeed, that's mother hen. And in one of our passages in Luke, it actually gives an image of saying, this is how God cares for us. He cares for us like mother hen who is covering up her chicks and protecting them and making sure that they've got food around them. And I think today, in the scripture that we are reading in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 10, Paul, in a way, says to us, live in Christ. Stay close to Christ, as close as mother hen is to her chicks. And when that happens, I grew up in a, in a, in a rural area, so I would, I would see this picture every day. Uh, it's beautiful, right? Uh, if it was, if it was um, my old Niger would have said, I took this photo, <laughs> but I didn't take this one. <laughs> uh, but basically, that's a picture of how God cares for us. And this is how God cares for us. He provides for us, and we are safe under the wings of God. So that's basically how I would summarize the sermon for today. But before our children goes uh, to Children's Church, we do have Children's Church, and they will be going out this way. Uh, you're most welcome to take uh, your child as well with. Um, we are singing together. We will walk with God. My brother, my sister, we will walk with God. Uh, please stand as we sing together.
I think we're going to do it again two more times. This time, be flexible. We are just like that mother chick. We are just close to our God. Come on. So, Stuart, twice again. seated and we will hear God's word read to us from Colossians chapter 2 verses 6 through to 10 and I want to check those who have been listening I've been talking about bring your Bible uh, and to show you that I do I will be bringing my Bible I'll bring you different Bibles so check out for the different Bibles I bring Today I've brought the green one. Please raise your Bible if you've brought your Bible. Wow, well done. This is good. So please turn to Colossians chapter 6 and follow along as George is going to be reading for us. Since you have accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, live in union with him. Keep your roots deep in him Build your lives on him and become strangers in your faith, stronger in your faith, as you were taught, and be filled with thanksgiving. See, it to, see to it then that no one enslaves you by means of worthless deceit, human wisdom which comes from the teachings handed down by men and from the ruling spirits of the universe and not from Christ. For the full content of divine nature excuse me for the full content of divine nature lives in Christ in his humanity and you have been given full life in union with him he is supreme over every spiritual leader and authority Amen Amen so we respond to God's reading by saying Amen let us pray lord we pray you open our eyes as the word was being read to us we ask you that you be with us lord as we listen to god's word proclaimed to us as we follow along in our bibles lord we ask you to open our eyes to see something of you in this word and our ears to hear something something that will be food for us something that will nourish us, something that will encourage us, something that will empower us as we walk with you. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So the sermon is entitled, Living in Christ. Living in Christ. For those who have joined us now or those who are just joining in to follow our sermon series, we are working our way through Paul's letter to the Colossians. And today we come to the very heart of the letter. And you will soon find out why this is the very heart of the letter. Paul has introduced himself in chapter 1. And he has introduced the major themes that are found in the book of Colossians. He has presented the person and the work of, the work of Christ. 
in the highest way possible and in the best terms possible. He has also focused on the importance of the gospel and working hard for the gospel. And now he turns his attention to the central theme of the whole book. And you will soon find out why this is the central theme. But in actual fact, Paul is getting to say you need to be living in Christ or living the Christ-centered life. The point of this letter could be summed up by the words of verse 6 in which Paul says, and I quote once again verse 6 from the good news, since you have accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, live in union with him. And I like one commentator, I've already said and elaborated to this, but one commentator puts it, puts it out this way. He says, you are walking about. Instead of saying, since you have accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, live in union with him, he translated it and he said, since you have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, walk about in him. Walk about in him. I have no doubt, but I'm sure most of us would wish we were given directions of what it looks like to live in Christ. We want almost the do's and don'ts when it comes to how does it look like to live in Christ or to live a Christ-centered life. Perhaps I'm going to pose this question which I will try to answer as well. What's the secret to living the Christian life? What is the secret to living the Christian life? There's no doubt we all start off so well. We receive Christ as our personal savior and we are filled with excitement. We want to do more for God. We look at the prospects of what it looks like to have the new life in Christ. For sure, one of the things that we contemplate on is this, our sins have been forgiven. We have been restored to a good relationship with God and that brings in a sense of excitement in us. We have the assurance that we'll go to heaven and when we die, and we know that our whole life has just changed. Perhaps I, take, I want to take you back to that time when you received Christ as your personal savior. Or maybe you didn't. You just grew up in church and you were always in church. Uh, maybe that's a different story for you. But for some, even though they grew up in church like myself, we came to a point in our lives when we decided that, oh, I want to make this relationship more serious. And I'm sure like me, some of you, you had that sense of excitement and saying, wow, now that I'm going to relate with this God, I'm going to keep this spark on and I want to keep on going. And th the truth is, some of you sitting here and listening or some of you who are listening could be able to identify with that because not everyone is able to keep that spark. Some are struggling and why is that so we all want to live a Christian life why is it so hard sometimes the question is what's the secret to living the Christian life Paul says the Christian life is marked by three things or perhaps the three things that I've understood according to the passage we have read are these three things. The first one he says, faith in Christ is important. We have received Jesus Christ by faith, therefore we should continue to live in him by faith. I will elaborate further into what is Paul trying to mean by this. The second thing is this. Paul says, you want to live in Christ? You want a Christ-centered life? Realize this. Freedom in Christ is given to you. We found freedom in Christ. Now we should see that no one takes captive of us through either false teachings or people in general getting to say to you, you have to do this or you must be like this or you have to follow a certain tradition. And some of us here sitting, 
we are so stuck in the traditions of the church and we miss what it is like to have the freedom in Christ. And the third thing that is that Paul tries to bring to us as we as a secret or as something that we need to think about when we think about living in Christ is this. Paul says we need to realize that life that is lived in Christ has fullness given to us in Christ. In other words, he's saying we received fullness in Christ and it takes Paul for us the rest of the book to actually unfold what it means to have Christ in full. I hope that makes sense. So what's the secret to living the Christian life? Let's find out and let's begin to follow along as you look at your Bible and you listen to the few things that I will be saying. Let's turn to verse 6 and 7. So Paul says again, since you have accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, live in union with him. Keep your roots deep in him. Build your lives on him and become stronger in your faith as you were taught and be filled with thanksgiving. There are a lot of things that Paul has elaborated to in verses 6 and 7. What is Paul saying here? Paul is saying your Christian life began with faith in Christ and it must, it must also continue with faith in Christ. By faith you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and this is something that we confess every time and again. In fact, as a church, every time we have baptism or a new person joining the church, we actually go through this confession where we say, Jesus is Lord to me. Maybe we should ask ourselves, what does it mean to say that Jesus is Lord? So in trying to, to understand this, I tend to a number of things to myself, and I ask the question, is it equivalent to saying Jesus is the boss? And I'm sure some of you listening, you would identify and struggle with the concept of Jesus is Lord is equivalent to Jesus is the boss. Another one was this, Jesus is the dictator. I'm sure some of you, you would also struggle with that. And I, in trying to understand what it means that Jesus is Lord, I could only connect with one thing. And maybe it's not a good image, but this is what I, I ended up saying to myself. I ended up saying, maybe when we say Jesus is Lord, this is what it means. We mean Jesus is the commander and chief of our lives. Now, why commander-in-chief? My brother was in the army. He was a soldier. He has, been, he has since been promoted to glory. He was a soldier. And one of the things that I've seen looking at his life was this. The chief commander-in-chief for him could literally turn his life into anything that he wanted it to be like. And I'll give you an example. So my brother... As a youngster in the early 90s, he, he bought himself one of the lovely watches. It was a Seiko watch. I'm sure most of you would know those, that brand. Um, and he bought himself a watch. He was wearing a lovely watch. It was heavy. And he was wearing white jeans and a blue t-shirt and nice sneakers coming off uh, from, from, from time with family with us and he returned back to work and when he, when he got to the barracks so to say he got there and his commander and chief stopped him and he said on the ground and when he looked around him it was muddy <coughs> and he had to roll you know rolling and by the time he was finished with this, his white jeans were like black jeans. And after that, this was just before he was promoted. After that, he was told, and they wanted to test and see if he could follow the command. 
So he was told to take off his watch and break it into pieces. And he did that. That is chief commander in chief for him. And I'm sure some of you would, you would listen to this and you think, wow, what? what? Do that. But there, of course, it was a test for him. So he passed the test and he was promoted. And from there on, he used to share with us that commander in chief tells you to jump, you jump. So I think that's, that's the image that I thought maybe that suits Jesus, but not quite well. The Christian life is not simply faith in a set of teachings, but it is faith in a person. It is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is central, and we must live the Christian life by faith in him and not by anything else. It's not by works. It's not by what we do, but it's by faith in him. And Paul continues to say, as you do this, you ought to be rooted and built up in him. And I want you to understand the picture that Paul is trying to portray here. First of all, you are rooted and built up in him. Rooted refers to the foundation of your Christian life. The Christian life is founded on Christ and it is on Christ alone, nothing else. It is founded on your goodness, on the goodness of God and not on our goodness or on anything that we have done. The Christian life is founded on Christ alone. The word rooted brings to mind the image of a plant. Christ is more than just the foundation of your faith. He is the root, the source of your Christian life. He gives you what you need through the root. As Jesus said somewhere else in John chapter 15, verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is the root and the source of our Christian life. You cannot live the Christian life apart from being in Christ. If rooted refers to the foundation, build up refers to your continued growth in the Christian life. Because sometimes as Christians, we are so narrow-minded to think that if this is the only place, if I'm moving about in Christ, if this is only, if this was Christ for me, then I'm limited. I could be going, sp spreading my wings. But Paul is giving us an image here. He says, you are rooted in him. You go down in him. In other words, you grow. For all of you, if you can go back home, you understand that if you put a plant in a glass, it might not grow so far. It may grow. Some plants do. But if you want to really get a, a plant that is rooted, that is strong, it has to have roots spreading over. And Paul continues to say towards the end of verse 7, strengthened in the faith as you are being taught. So next you are strengthened in the faith as you were taught. In Colossians 1 verse 7, the word translated strengthened in this verse means established or made firm. Not only must you have faith in Christ, you must also be well grounded in your faith. The faith here refers to the teachings of Christian faith, the gospel of Christ, the teachings of Christ that we read in your own Bible, that you read in the Old and in the New Testament. So Paul is telling them, the Colossians, and us, don't be fooled by false teachers or false teachings. Stick with the gospel. Stay grounded in Christ and the Bible. Don't go looking for new teachings outside of Christ. Grow in what you already have, in what you already know. Are you growing in what you already know? Paul said something similar in Acts chapter 20 when he told his friends, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified in Christ. 
So to receive Christ is to believe in him and to believe what God's word says about him and to be strengthened in the faith as you are constantly being taught. And being taught, by the, by the way, is not just coming through so that Nigel will teach you by reading the, go- the gospel, by reading God's word. And before I get too excited, Paul ends by saying, overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. Living by faith in Christ means being rooted and built up in him, being strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and thirdly, overflowing with thankfulness. This is a recurring theme in the book of Colossians, to give thanks, to be thankful. And this is the third time Paul has brought up thankfulness in this letter. And he will bring it again, again and again, so many times throughout the letter. Go and find out. Go and read. A life that is lived by faith in Christ is one that is overflowing with thankfulness. One of our problems, as you know, I I think I said it some few weeks ago, that if you see grumpy people or people who are complaining, people who are surrounded by struggles in life, they don't progress sometimes. Why? Because they are so stuck. They can't get to see something new. But Paul then get to say, you need to be filled with thanksgiving. Begin each day thanking God for your life and your salvation and for the many blessings that he has given you in Christ. You're not lucky. Like our typical Scottish phrase, I'm lucky. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Be overflowing with thankfulness and you can never thank God enough. So the second thing that we ought to be mindful of as we walk about in him is freedom we have in Christ. In verse 8 we read, See to it then that no one enslaves you by means of worthless deceit of human wisdom, which comes from the teachings handed down by human beings and from the ruling spirits of the universe, and not from Christ. The word translated by the phrase, see to it, in this verse, is a word that means beware. Watch out. In fact, watch out that no one takes you as for a slave. In other words, this is a, a strong warning from Paul to guard your freedom, to stay alert, to be on the lookout for those things that can rob your freedom in Christ and hold you captive. I'm afraid, you know, cults or sects today prefer to recruit from churches. They don't recruit in the world, they come into the church and they recruit in the church. They look to people in the churches who have a spiritual interest but who are not strong in their faith. And they start by saying to them, Christ plus something else is good. And I want to tell you, I want to remind you, don't be deceived. So what things should we watch out for as Christians that can rob us of our freedom in Christ? Paul says, watch out for hollow and deceptive philosophy. Paul is really warning against false teachers here. It's the same warning he's issued in Acts chapter 20, verse 29, where it says, I know that after I leave, Savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. They will grab you and want to lead you otherwise. Paul told the Colossians back in chapter 1 verse 18, he says, He, God, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the life in Christ. The thought here is, you've already been rescued. Why let yourselves be captured again by any sect or any other teaching that says Jesus plus something else. Now the question is, do you want to keep your freedom in Christ? Paul also says, do not look to human traditions. Human traditions refers to many mad teachings rather than the God-given revelation we have in the Bible. Jesus spoke about the problem of choosing human traditions over the world 
over the word of God. He told the Pharisees in Mark chapter 7 verse 8, he said, you have let go of commands of God and are holding on to traditions of men. Question to self is, are you holding on to the teachings of God or you are holding on to traditions? Traditions that will tell you that, oh, as long as you're going to church, oh, as long as you're still on the roar of the church, that's what matters. It is therefore clear that true freedom is found in Christ alone. And so Paul issues the warning, watch out, be alert, don't let anyone take you captive. Let me move to the third thing. The third thing, as I have mentioned already, is the fullness of Christ. The Christian life is marked by faith in Christ. Secondly, it is marked by freedom in Christ. And thirdly, the Christian life is marked by fullness in Christ. And I want you to hold on to this, please. Hold on to this. In verse 9 and 10, we read this. For the full content of divine nature lives in Christ, in his humanity, and you have been given full life in union with him. He is supreme over spiritual rulers and authority. If you want to go back and read the Bible in Colossians, one of the common and very powerful words that is constantly used, even throughout the New Testament, is this. In Christ. In Christ. Here is a remarkable statement. First Paul says that all the fullness of God lives in Christ. All the fullness of God, not just God's attributes, but his very essence, not just part, but all. All that marks God as God dwells in Christ. And you have Christ You've got God. This is amazing to hear. Hope it is good news to you all listening. Paul is saying, you church, you Keget, you, you, name, you put your name there, have been given the fullness in Christ. And Paul's point in Colossians, to Colossians is this. Why give in to hollow, empty philosophy of false teachers when you've been given Christ in full? Why give in to this concept of saying, I need to work hard in order to earn a ticket to heaven? Why do that when you have Christ in full? Let me conclude. Does your life feel hollow or empty, unfulfilled right now? That's it. Maybe you look at yourself and you think, well, I've worked very hard all my life and it doesn't seem to make any sense. Maybe that's where you were wrong. Because it's not about how much work you've put. Christ has done it for you on the cross. So what is the secret to living the Christian life? Christianity is not simply living out a creed when we say out a creed, but it is living in a person. You are united with Christ by faith and you receive the strength to live the Christian life every day through your relationship with Christ. Your Christian life began with Christ. It must continue with Christ. The secret to living the Christian life in Christ is Christ. Christ, Christ in everything. That's the heart of Christianity, and that's the heart of this letter. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We join our hearts to sing together. We sing the praise of him who died. Hymn 405.
Let us pray. Accept, O Lord, the offering we seek to make of ourselves and our possessions, and grant that we may ever wake and pray to build a world of peace and joy and freedom through Jesus Christ our Lord. We pray for politicians and civil servants, for charity and aid workers, teachers and carers, all who choose a life of public service because they wanted to make the world a better place. We pray for them, Almighty God, some who are busy working today, who can't rest on a Sunday because someone has to work. Many are tired and disillusioned. Some have compromised their ideals. Some have put on a hard shell of indifference because of the cost of caring and not being able to help. It is just too much and too high for them. Oh God, in Jesus Christ, your son, you have given yourself completely. Help us by your grace to give ourselves as generously to you and to one another. Loving God, may your compassion break through all our defenses. May we be willing this Lent and Easter season to take just one more risk for love's sake and in the eternal battle between goodness and evil, love and hatred, life and death, may we discover with Christ and all his faithful servants that goodness and love and life are always stronger and will win out in the end. Pray for those who are not well, some who are here and yet they're not well. Pray that Almighty God, according to your unfailing love, reach out to them right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Touch and heal and begin to move within their bodies as you know, Almighty God, through your spirit, everything that is happening around them. I pray for those who are listening and yet they're in pain and I pray that Mighty God, as they hear this, may your power heal them by the blood of Jesus Christ. Pray for those who are in hospital. Lord, you know them. Some, they can't utter a word, and yet, Lord, you can hear, you can connect with their hearts. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, those who are suffering, may you reach out to them. Those who are in pain, Lord, may you touch them and make your face to shine upon them. Those who are looking for better opportunities in life, may you reach out to them too, Lord. Those who are seeking reconciliation with their loved ones, reach out to them, Almighty God. As we live in you, Lord Almighty, we pray that you give us strength to continue to believe in you, to have faith and freedom in you, and to completely understand and receive you in your fullness and walk like people who have received Christ in fullness. Help us. This week, Lord, when chances and times come in our lives, when we feel worthless, that, Lord, we look to you for strength and we look to you for inspiration. Lord, touch each and every one of us. Those who are here in person, those who are at home, and those who are traveling, Lord, have mercy those with COVID, those in Ukraine, may they have an understanding that you love them, Lord. No matter what circumstances people are going through, Lord of mercy, reach out to us and to your loved ones because you care and you care for us. We give you thanks, Lord, for the many blessings you've given us, for the many things that you continue to give us for the lovely weather that you continue to give us and for houses and homes that we have. Lord, bless each and every one of us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn, we sing with strength and energy as we say, Ye servants of God, hymn 130.
Amen. You know, sometimes it's good to encourage our organist. He plays so well. Uh, I must say he's one of, uh, of a kind. We praise God. Now, friends, God is light and he is our salvation. We do not need to be afraid. God is our loving parent. We are well cared for. We follow Jesus Christ in God's word. Well, we go in hope. We go in love. We go with confidence because we have received Jesus. Now may the blessing of God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit abide with each and every one of you, those you love, now and always.